like to welcome up Mr. Zach. He does like social media and multimedia stuff for ISM. So you can give him a round of applause if he comes up to the stage. Um, yes, he's coming all the way from more south of here. Carlinville, Illinois. Thank you. <laughs> the only thing that people care about there is the campground. So how are we doing, Excel? I am so honored and humbled to be here when Pastor Joey asked me, you know, and you guys know this, Pastor Joey is not only loved and respected by you guys here at Excel, but all across the state and even more and more all across the country. And you guys have an amazing youth pastor. You guys have amazing youth leaders that any youth pastor in this country would love to have serving under them to help love and disciple the students in their youth group. So for me, just to share time with you guys and share a word that's been put on my heart is humbling and I'm excited to be here. So for those of you who don't know me, oh, my Instagram handle's up there, that's fun. So <laughs> for those of you who don't know me, my name is Zachary Thayer and I'm the content creator for Illinois Student Ministries. So if you've been to Breakaway Camp or Momentum, the videos and that they show during the event and the social media content, that's me. If you send a message to the ISM Instagram, it'll probably be me replying to you. And what usually happens is like someone will ask like an administrative info question and then like I find someone that actually knows what they're talking about to help me answer them. <laughs> but that's my job. And so I work with Pastor Chris, our ISM director, a ton. And we travel the state making videos and content together. And really our goal in the content that we make, the resources that we provide, the youth pastors and students, the events that we do, we want to equip students to lead themselves, lead others, give to missions, and live on mission. And me and Pastor Chris, we've been working together for ISM for about two years now, but our friendship goes all the way back to 2015 when he was still a youth pastor. He was a youth pastor at our church in Southern Illinois, and something that one of my favorite stories that, about Pastor Chris was when he was interviewing to be that youth pastor, somebody asked him, what are you going to do to grow this youth ministry? And I love Pastor Chris's response. He straight up told the guy, it's not my job to grow this youth ministry. <laughs> He's like, it's the student's job to grow this youth ministry. I'm just here to lead them. I'm here to disciple them. I'm here to love students but the youth ministry doesn't belong to the pastor, it belongs to the students. And with everything Pastor Chris did, he would teach on this idea of extreme ownership to the students, like, this isn't mine, this is you. Like, something he would say all the time is like, I can't go to your school and invite your friends to youth group because I'm in my mid-30s and that would be creepy. Like, that's not cool for me to do that. That is something that is on you to do. He would treat that, he would treat inviting your friends as the student's job. He would treat raising money for Speed the Light as the student's job. He would treat any job in the church, in the youth ministry, as it's up to the students. And so I'm his youth leader. I'm one of the interns serving under him. And so like my job is to help teach this message to the students and encourage the students to do this. But I felt like the biggest hypocrite <laughs> because I grew up my entire life in youth group and I wasn't a bad rebellious kid, but I was a boring kid, if that makes sense. Like I didn't give a ton of money to speed the light. I didn't 
invite anybody to youth group. I didn't take ownership in the youth ministry. So now I'm an adult trying to encourage students to do something that I didn't even do as a student. And that got me thinking, well, why didn't I ever do those things as a student? What, what was keeping me, like I knew I was supposed to do these things in my head, but that message and knowledge in my head never transferred to my heart and it never exhibited out into action. It's kind of like the person who, like, okay, they're out of shape. They know that they're supposed to eat clean food and exercise, but they're still in the same shape that they have been their entire life. Like, they haven't gained more muscle or strength. They haven't lost any, like, like whatever your health goal is. They know what they're supposed to do, but they're not doing it. And the same thing happens a lot of times in our walk with Christ is where we know the things to do, but we never show it into action. And I think a lot of you guys can relate to me and what I was struggling with. You know, I know Pastor Joey, me and him have worked together a lot at camp and Momentum, and I know his heart is very similar to Pastor Chris's where he encourages you guys and teaches you guys to take ownership in your youth ministry as well, to be the ones inviting your friends, to be the ones sharing your faith to the city of Chicago, to be the ones giving the missions, to be the ones taking ownership in this youth ministry But if you're like me, which I imagine a lot of you are, that head knowledge isn't transferring to your heart and it's not coming out into actions. So how do we fix that gap? How do we go about changing the way that we're living to where it's not just something that we know what to do or that we're supposed to do it, but we're actually doing it? And I found an example in the Bible that I think touches on this idea of someone who took ownership of their faith, of their ministry. And you can find it in the book of John. So the book of John is what I like to call, it's called a gospel, but you can think of it as a biography of Jesus's life. And in the Bible, if the whole Bible is God's rescue plan for humanity, John tells the story of how, what Jesus's role in God's rescue plan for humanity. And John chapter four tells the story of the woman at the well and For those of you who have read the Bible and you're familiar with it, you're probably familiar with this story. But Jesus talks to this woman at a well and she was a Samaritan woman and Samaritans and Jewish people did not get along. (laughs) They weren't cool with each other. There was a lot of history and drama between those two people groups. But Jesus as a Jewish man crossed cultural barriers and started a conversation with her And I'm not gonna read the whole thing for you guys tonight. I encourage you to read it later on your own. But basically the conversation changes the Samaritan woman's life. It's one of those conversations that she would never, she would always remember for the rest of her life. And it completely, like she was one way before this encounter with Jesus. And then after this encounter with Jesus, she was a completely different person. What Jesus does in this conversation is he speaks hope and life into her talking about a time when Samaritans like her can worship God in spirit and in truth. And not only does he speak hope and life into her, he also preaches that there can be eternal life found with God that is available to her. So he's speaking hope for the future to her. And not only does he speak life and encouragement and hope into her, but he also proves that he's God based on what he knows about her without her ever having to tell 
her about her baggage and her life story. Like Jesus just knew and was just like, uh, how did you know that about me? Like it's very personal. Like he completely lists off her dramatic backstory and she's just flabbergasted. But Jesus wasn't coming off as judgmental for her dark past. He was coming as a force of love and saying, I'm God and I am I love you and I'm here for you and I wanna give you eternal life to where you can worship me in spirit and in truth. So I wanna pick up in this passage in verse 39 when the conversation is over. And by verse 39, I mean verse 28. (laughs) All right, so then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. And then we jump down to verse 39, which says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of that woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed two days. And because of his words, Jesus's words, many more became believers. And they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man is really the savior of the world. Do you know what stands out to me about that story? You know, it makes me think about how many momentum conferences and breakaway camps that I've been to where you have a speaker like me or Pastor Chris or Pastor Joey or any of the other amazing speakers that we've had speak at our events for ISM. And they'll get up on stage and they're men and women of God and they have a word that's on their heart and they're encouraging and challenging the students to give a ton of money to speed the light or to invite their friends to youth group or to share their faith or to do any number of things. But Jesus has this encounter with this woman and he didn't tell the woman, hey, if this conversation changed your life, go back to the town and tell everybody about it so I can change her life too. He didn't have to do that. This woman was genuinely impacted by Jesus and because of that genuine impact, that life-changing impact, she went immediately to her town and was like, come see this man. And then the townspeople came and they saw Jesus for themselves, they encountered Jesus for themselves, and they believed too. And what it makes me think of, it makes me think of the movies, and this is what I mean by that, is who here, raised by a show of hands, has seen a movie in the theaters, so like the movie's still relatively new, it's still in the theaters, who's seen a movie in the theaters more than once? Raise your hand. So like, you paid for a ticket, And then you're like, that movie was amazing. And then you immediately turn and like a week later or a day later, you watch the movie again. I posted this question on my Instagram story, on my Facebook and my Twitter. And I asked people if they had ever done this and what movie was it that they saw? And there was a lot of answers that I saw, but a lot of them were the same answers. There was a lot of Avengers Endgame, there's a lot of The Dark Knight, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, the Star Wars movies, the Fast and Furious movies, Titanic, Avatar, the blue people one, and <laughs> like all these movies, what all of them have in common is that they are the top box office earners of all time. If you Google like the biggest movies of all time in terms of how much money that they made in the theaters, a lot of these movies that people saw in the theaters more than once are on that list. 
So not only did more people, like more unique people see these movies, but people saw these movies repeatedly. And the movie that I remember this happening the most in high school, I was, this was summer of 2008. I was a freshman in high school, and that was when Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight came out. So that's the one where Christian Bale's Batman, Heath Ledger's The Joker. It's an older superhero movie, but this movie, I remember I wanted to see it opening weekend, but I was on vacation with my family, so I couldn't see it. So I came back home to church on Sunday, and all my friends who had saw the movie were freaking out. They're like, this is the best movie ever. I'm going to go back. And they asked me if I had seen it, and I was like, no, I, I couldn't go. And they would say, hey, we're going back again tonight. Do you want to come and see it too? And this movie, whether it's The Dark Knight or Jurassic Park or Star Wars or Avengers Endgame, what a lot of people did when these movies were still in theaters is they would see it, the movie would make such a life-changing impact on their life, whether it made them laugh, made them cry, made them think, inspired them, whatever impact that movie was, they saw it, experienced it for themselves, and then they invited others to come with them so they could experience it too. And we do this with more than just movies. We do this with funny videos that we see on TikTok. Like you see a video that makes you laugh, you send the link to a friend. You see a meme that makes you laugh, you text it to a friend. If there's a good restaurant or a good coffee shop, you tell your friends about it and you take them there. When something truly makes an impact on our life, and this is my one and only point that I have for you guys tonight. If you wanna show that on the slide. If something makes an impact on us, we will naturally share it with others. Like, okay, if you're watching Avengers Endgame, Robert Downey Jr., didn't come out and be like, hey, can you guys tell your friends about this movie so more people can see it? Like, no, like you naturally saw it and you naturally shared it with other people. You didn't need motivated because you liked the movie, you enjoyed it, it you had a positive impact on your life and so you shared it with others. And so what this does have to do with the woman at the well and our lives as Christians today is if we have a life-changing impact made on us by Christ. We don't need me, you don't need me, Pastor Joey or Pastor Chris or anybody else to tell you to take ownership of your faith, to give to missions or to share your faith with other people. You will naturally do it because once you experience Christ's love and grace for yourself and his power for yourself, you can't help but tell other people about it because you want other people like, if you've experienced Christ's love and his power and his impact on your life, you want more people to experience that. And so my question for you guys is like, okay, if you're not sharing your faith with others, if you're not inviting friends to excel, if you're not giving money to missions, if you're not taking ownership of this youth ministry, then I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to call you stupid. I'm not here to like make fun of you or say like you're a bad person. But the question I have to ask you is logically, there's only one of two things. One, maybe you truly haven't experienced Christ for yourself. Or two, maybe you have, but it's been a while. It's been a minute. Like I'm sure a number of the leaders and some of you students if we went around the room and I could get story after story after story of some being like, man, this one time on a Thursday night at Excel 
or this one time at breakaway camp or this one time at spring breakaway or this one time at momentum. There's stories in this room of where you first encountered the love of Christ and the presence of Jesus and his power and his grace and all these wonderful things that God does when he genuinely encounters you. There's story after story in here, but maybe it's been a few years and you haven't had a new upgrade in your relationship with Christ. And my encouragement for you guys is God's not done with you. Even if you got saved when you're like eight (laughs) and like you're really little and you've grown up in the church, if you're a church kid like me, God's not done with you. Just because you got baptized and saved when you're a little boy or a little girl doesn't mean he's done with you. He has more for you. He has more upgrades in your relationship with him. He wants to, he wants you to know him better and he wants you to know him better and he wants you to share more of yourself with him, right? So that would be my encouragement to you guys is if you're not, if you haven't genuinely felt that for yourself, I can tell based on, if you feel compelled to share that with others. So my encouragement for you guys, my one application for tonight's message, I have my one point, if something makes an impact on us, we will naturally share it with others. This is my one application, to become a person who says, come and see. Come and see is a phrase that you see all throughout the New Testament. When the disciples first met Jesus and they're telling their friends and brothers about him, they would be like, come and see. When the woman in the well encountered Jesus at, and had a life tra- life-changing conversation with him, she went back to the town and said, come and see this man. And then people who hear, who hear your testimony, they wanna experience that for themselves. I wanna take a moment to cast some vision into your guys' hearts tonight. Like, what would happen if every student and every leader in this room became a person that says, come and see? Let's talk about inviting your friends to youth group. If you were the kind of people who go to your school, who go to your sports team, who go to your work, who go to your band, who go to your game night group, like whatever group of friends, whatever friend groups you have, whatever you guys do together, if you went to them and said, hey, Jesus has made an impact on my life, I want you to come and see him too, this youth group would blow up. Do you know what Excel has that a lot of other Youth groups don't have one, you guys have P. Joey. Two, you have amazing youth leaders. But three, this is, and this is something that stands out to me. You guys have this entire building to yourself on Thursday night. You don't have to share it with big church. You don't have to share it with children's church. You got this entire sanctuary. If every person in this room became somebody who says, come and see, this building would be packed. You would give Pastor Joey and Pastor Carlos problems <laughs> because they're like, oh shoot, like we don't know what to do with all these students. And that would be an amazing thing. That's a, a good problem to have. If every student and every leader in this room became somebody who says, come and see, that for, I, I, the last time I was here, it was in April during your speed the light brainstorming and vision casting. I shot some videos with you guys. I'm looking to get the video out in August. By the way, I didn't forget about it. It's camps happening right now, chill. But <laughs> You guys pledged, you guys prayed together and combined your totals to $42,519. If everybody in this room became somebody who says, come and see, that number wouldn't intimidate me at all. Because if everybody in here was 
fully aware of the impact that Christ made on their life and they just had such a burden to share that impact with others, you guys would probably double it. Like you, 42,000 would be nothing. Like this youth group would scare all the other youth groups in the state by how much money for speed of light that you guys just raised. And it would be amazing and it would inspire other youth groups to take that same initiative. If every student and every leader in this room became somebody who says, come and see, then, you know, more money for speed of light would be given. There'd be more students here than ever before. And when more students come or more people come to a church or a youth service, that scares not just the youth pastor, but the other adult leaders. Because you think, well, how are we gonna handle all these students? You know, how, how are we gonna fit everybody into small groups? How are we gonna make sure that everybody feels noticed and cared for and like they're all getting attention because like Gio can only go so far. You know, Pastor Joey can only know and have a deep relationship with so many people. How are we gonna make sure all the jobs and all the students, all, how are we gonna make sure that all the jobs get done? How are we gonna make sure that all the students are loved and cared for? Well, if everybody is a person who says, come and see, every job would be taken care of. Every student would be playing a role. They'd be like, hey, you need help with setup? I'm here with setup. Hey, you need help coming up with a game every week? I, we got games for days. Like I'll bring props, we'll make go on Walmart runs. Like we'll get whatever we need to make sure we got everything we need to do this game. You need help with photography. You need help in the tech booth. You need help picking up trash after an event. Every job would be getting done because every time you serve Excel, every time you serve at your church, that's you telling to the, that's you saying to the world, come and see. Jesus has made such an impact on my life. And by me serving Excel in this way, I'm making sure that other people can come and see Jesus too. Every dollar you give the missions, that's you telling the world, hey, Jesus made such an impact on my life. I want you to come and see him too. Here's a dollar so a missionary can go and tell you about him. Hey, every student, every one of your friends that you invite to Excel, that's you saying to them, hey, Jesus has made such an impact on my life. I want you to come and see him too. Join me at Excel on Thursday night and you can meet him for yourself. I was talking to the leaders before service tonight and I want to end tonight in small group discussion because I'm an external processor. And for those of you who don't know what that means, like if you go to my workspace at the Illinois Student Ministries office, I have a massive whiteboard. And anytime I need to solve a problem or brainstorm social media content or brainstorm for camp videos, I just write everything on this whiteboard. And if you wanna know my opinion on something or I don't really know how I feel about something until I talk about it, right? So that's why I'm a big believer in small group discussions is because it helps drive the message home. And I think that whole process of moving from your head to your heart into action, that is helped fueled by small group discussion. So the leaders already know to break into groups. I, however you guys organize them, I if P. Joey trusts you guys, I trust you guys. So the questions are gonna be on the board if you guys need a conversation starter. If you're watching online, either live or after like 10 years from now, if you're watching this video, <laughs> um, I would encourage you guys to screenshot those questions and start a conversation with your friends and family wherever you're watching. And that is all I have for you guys tonight. We're gonna go.